Revolutionary Org podcast coming your way, episode 501. We're speeding right along. Steve here in the mobster. How you doing, buddy? Oh, we're hot to trot off. We're gonna have we're gonna have some heated discussion here, Steve. We're ready for it. So this is gonna be a fun one. We're gonna talk about YK11, also known as AK11. We're gonna talk about the doses, how to cycle it, the benefits, side effects, everything. So YK11, let's let's talk about it. Never made it past the uh, preclinical stage of Mobster and I were discussing that in the pre-show. It was yes. actually uh, one of the SARMs, handful of SARMs that have been abandoned. And uh, But even with that case, we still like to use these compounds in the PED world. I want to jump in here, Steve. Guys, sometimes, I mean, this is an example. Why were SARMs developed? And why was this particular psalm abandoned? So psalms were typically developed to reduce the number of side effects that were being caused when they were using anabolic steroids or cortical steroids, depending on the medical condition. So what happens is that you're trying to develop a drug to do a better job or at least as good a job as the previous drugs that we were using, but with less side effects, less harmful issues. So in this particular case, Steve, as we talked about in a pre-show, my best guess was that they, he didn't replace effectively well the drug that it was meant to replace and of course our benefit comes from the muscle increase and the strength increase which we're going to get into guys so even though it didn't do and it was specifically developed guys for sepsis induced muscle wasting and sepsis is essentially when uh, your body is uh going toxic it's it's when, when you get pus in a wound that's going septic as we would say here in the uk sepsis is more of a generalized overall body condition it's issues with muscle wasting, and it's as a result of having sepsis. So this is what it was meant to treat. It didn't do a better job. This is what my guess is, but it did. Phil Surprise, because we're using it as a performance enhancing drug, increase strength and add muscle. And that's the reason why we're discussing it. Back to you, Steve. So let's talk a little bit about how, you know, YK11, why the hows and all that other stuff. So... Most SARMs out there, they're going to help you build muscle and increase strength to an extent. YK11, on paper, is supposed to push you even further. So it's got the ability to build muscles almost on par with some anabolic steroids. So it's considered one of the stronger SARMs out there. Um, and it's considered guys who have run it, they've run longs on it. It has some really, really good results, almost on par of what you would get with oral anabolic steroids. Yes. So... One of the things to understand about YK11, which is interesting, is that you can classify it as a steroid and as a SARM. So yes. the reason is if you compare like LGD, Osterine, and RAD, we're dealing with compounds that have a selective affinity towards androgen receptors in the muscle and bone tissues. That's why they're called SARMs, selective androgen receptor modulators. Selective is the key there. And then you got yeah. the A as an androgen. So, why look, YK11, it's pretty unique. And it functions like a SARM, but it has the chemical structure and the backbone of an anabolic steroid. So, this is why the classification is steroidal SARM. So, a little different classification than another SARMs in its class. So... This is another reason why YK11, 
a lot of people like to use YK11 solo for that reason. It's because you don't really need to stack it for that reason as well. But some guys do stack it as well. So it's it's effective in stacks. Um, <clears throat> so the chemical structure, there is DHT, dihydrotestosterone, along with glycerol, phosphate, and absorbic acid. So it is a DHT-derived steroid with SARMs-like properties. And this is another reason why it can help build more muscle than other SARMs out there. So you definitely want to treat it with caution. This is why it might be a good idea the first time you use it, just to go ahead and use it by itself. So the second point is YK11 is a powerful follistatin inducer. So you look, on paper, it's a partial agonist of the androgen receptor. Its primary muscle building properties come from a very different trait that it possesses. So on paper, it's supposed to stimulate your muscle cells to produce an increased amount of folostatin. So that is the protein that limits the body secretion of myostatin. Mm. And what is myostatin? Myostatin is a compound that sets a limit to the amount of muscle you can produce. So it's naturally occurring compound, caps off your muscle building cap capability. And the reason in nature we have myostatin Animals have myostatin is because if you put on too much muscle at one time, you're going to basically kill yourself. And this is what happens with these pro bodybuilders you see on social media. They're under so much pressure and they have bigorexia. They have mental illness, okay, where they have to put on so much size and keep their size to the point where it actually kills them. You know, so if someone posts a random comment on social media and says, oh, yeah, Rich Piana, you're you're small, Rich Piana, or Boston Lloyd, you're small. You look like you lost muscle. That'll flip them out. That'll drive them crazy. So they have to continuously keep building muscle to the point where they basically just put themselves into the grave at a young age. And that's what we've seen in bodybuilding. So can you imagine shutting that myostatin off and being able just yeah. to put, put on unlimited amount of muscle and unlimited amount of strength. So mobster, we talked about this in the pre-show. Why don't you talk more yeah. about, about myostatin and your beliefs behind myostatin? All right. So guys, what we've occasionally seen, and it's not just with YK11, there's been discussions on myostatin inhibition. In other words, holding the limiter back, taking the limiter away, if you like. Uh, on the forums for some time. And I'd probably go all the way back to the 90s, Steve, when people started to talk about these things. And and every product that's ever come along that's talked about folostatin or reducing uh, the amount of myostatin, what so myostatin inhibition, uh, has been oversold. Now, that's not to say that YK11 is a great drug. In terms of adding muscle, 100% is a great drug. But the reality of the situation is thus. Right? First off, we have yet to see what's called a non-selective. Uh, 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 any drug that promises to reduce myostatin would need to be muscle-specific. And even worse than that, as the heart is a muscle, it would need to be bicep, tricep, quads. That's it. it couldn't be the heart. It couldn't be anything, for example, that opens and closes the throat. It would need Because you don't want to reduce muscle in some places and not in others. You, you kind of, or rather, sorry, you do. That's the point. You do. You want you want your biceps, your chest, your back, your legs, etc., to grow 
but you don't want your heart to push for your rib cage and give you a heart attack. You don't want other muscles, involuntary muscles that work in your body to keep you alive, keep you being able to breathe, Steve, so you don't even think about it. You don't want those muscles oversized pushing on your lungs and or, or, or other muscles in the body compressing on the heart again. So that, that's just that's number one. Number two, and we talked about this in another way, the bigorexia thing that Steve refers to, although we didn't discuss it in the pre-show, it kind of applies here too, right? You've seen the guys, one just passed away recently, Steve, that have been injecting themselves with oil. I'm thinking of a specific South American fella was the one that just passed away. There's guys in Germany. It's almost always fellas. It's hardly ever women. If it's women, I've, I've yet to see one. Where they are, I mean, the Russian fella that had to have operations on his biceps, Steve, where they are injecting Sinfol or something like Sinfol into the muscle and it becomes an obsession. Now, that's guys injecting oil. Now, imagine that you give them something that essentially allows them to have unlimited real muscle. So issues number one and two. Number one would be it would be fucking ridiculous, and you'd end up like one of these circus freaks with the giant inflamed arms to the point where you've had to have operations on them in the case of the oil injection. But you'd have disproportionate stuff. You'd have crazy – it'd be like a cartoon or a comic, Steve. It wouldn't look real. If, if bodybuilders struggle now – and I'm thinking of Ronnie Coleman at his absolute best, for example, to you and I go, oh, my God, he's a muscular freak. But to the person in the street, they can't – they would stand there with their mouth open trying to take in what they're looking at, and that's because they're not used to him. We were used to him. We are bodybuilding fans. We are weightlifting fans. We would look at him and go, oh, my God, that's as far as the human body can go. But with my understanding, unlimited uh, inhibition, you'd end up with something that looks like it should be in a freak show or a circus, and, and, and it would just be absolutely crazy. It would be like – something out of a science fiction movie and it would go, it would just be unlimited muscle tissue for the sake of unlimited muscle tissue. The issue number two is any time, and this is just common sense if you think about it, guys, if, for example, I could take a drug that completely inhibited growth, uh, sorry, allowed for unlimited growth in my bicep, for example, Steve, and it acted quickly, what would happen? I would get muscle tears I would get tendon ruptures, and that would be quite – I would have fascia stretching. I would have scar tissue on the fascia. The skin would have stretch marks on the side, and so on and so forth, because I would be – I would allow for unlimited muscle growth, but I wouldn't be necessarily allowing for everything else that supports the muscle. I might not, for example, allow for the capillaries and the, the bloods. I might not allow for nerves that run through the muscle. I might not allow for the gargoyle tendon that stops me over stretching or, or it stops me hurting myself in the gym. My skin might end up with ruptures in it. And I don't just mean stretch marks, but actual tears. I've seen that happen, Steve, not in bodybuilding, but in other situations where something that someone's had a swelling so bad, say, for example, an abdominal swelling, abscess or water or whatever else, the skin is literally torn down the side. It's stretched too much, like an overfilled balloon. That was what would, would happen if you allowed for a, a completely runaway amount of growth. So, guys, it sounds like the best thing ever when we talk about myostatin. But in reality, there are measures in the body, chemically, biologically, whether we're talking about, as I said, the gargoyle tendon or whatever else, that stops us doing too much fucked up, stupid thing. As an example, guys, if we were able to give 100% of our strength, 100% of the time, for example, in bench press, we would ruin our chest. We would literally tear muscle rupture tendons, 
cause issues with her bone and so on and so forth. And that would be after one set because you might, for example, Steve, be able to support 600 pounds. Now, if you've got 100% of your muscle fibers fibering, maybe you can bench 400 when previously you could only bench three. But again, what's your bone? You have your bone density ready for supporting 600. Is your connective tissue ready to support 600 and so on? It's never as simple as we like to think it is. It's a sort of almost like a dreamlike thing. You know, the fairy godmother analogy that I've used on other podcasts and so on and so forth. It sounds like the BON end all. In reality, it would have to be very, very dose selective. And there's always going to be someone out there pushing the envelope. So YK11 is a great muscle builder, but I would I would take um, exception at the idea that it would reduce if to a in, in a kind of magical level the amount of myostatin in your body. If that was the case, guys, people that have already used YK11 and had myostatin inhibition happen would be freaks of nature, and we are not seeing that. What we are seeing is a quarter of an inch here, a half inch there. We are seeing one or two more pounds of muscle. You're not seeing guys that were 180 coming back and saying the YK11 may be 250 pounds. That's not happened. So it, on paper, myostatin inhibition sounds like the BON endo. In reality, is not. It would need to be very light self-starms themselves. It would be very, very selective. And it would need to be something you would take one or two milligrams of, Steve. So you just got bigger and then you allowed your body to accommodate it, and then you got bigger again and allowed your body to accommodate it. Unlimited growth is not as great as it sounds. I think Steve agrees with me. We talked about this in a pre-show. On paper, the idea is wonderful. In reality, it's a terrible, terrible idea. Slowly and steady is a much, much better way. Guys, trust me on this. It really, really is. Um, as an example, uh, I, I've talked about this before. When I've put on lots of weight in a relatively short time, it takes me about 30 days, sorry, 90 days to get used to it. That's just rebreathing, uh, not having aches and pains on the joint, for my cardiovascular, for my heart, et cetera, all of those things, the lungs, everything to catch up, for my connective tissue to catch up. And even physically just being uncomfortable walking around, for example, with 20, 15, 30 pounds, whatever, guys, it's, it's a magical thing, but it's not a reality. It, Five and 10 pounds is much, much easier to accommodate. A quarter of an inch on your arms is much, much easier to accommodate. And these things, and then again, you can always do another cycle. You can always approach it again and get another quarter of an inch. I, I weighed 175 pounds AJE. I weighed this morning 316.8 pounds. If that happened overnight, Steve, I probably wouldn't be able to do this podcast. I'd be laying down in my damn bed thinking, what the fuck happened? And struggling to get up in the morning. I'd weigh, I'd weigh 100 and, what would I weigh 125, 130 pounds more than I did yesterday? That would be absolutely fucked up. So myostatin in inhibition, great idea. But in reality, there are other chemical processes on. There are other biological reasons why it doesn't happen. And it's not completely and fully understood yet, Steve. Back to you. Yeah, and I agree with you. So, you know, a lot of times on the forums, you know, and, and social media, they'll talk about it. And they'll always mention that myostatin right. is, follow stand that. And you can tell they're kind of parroting the same shit. So if you want to use YK11, don't use it because you think you're going to you know, blow up 300 yes. pounds of muscle. Yeah. Use it because of the benefits. Uh, and yes. it's been shown to have several benefits. Now, in terms of the dosing, I'll tell you exactly how best to use it in a second. But in terms of dosing, if you want to run it by itself, 10 to 20 milligrams is plenty. Um, and guys you know, have really good results on it. It is one of the more expensive SARMs, full, full disclosure. If you if you go and take a look 
at the pricing of YK11, it's usually going to be the more expensive SARMs at any SARMs store. So it's expensive. You know, there could be a lot of reasons why it's expensive. It could be hard to source. It could be in higher demand. There's a lot of different reasons for that. But really, if you want to save money, 10 milligrams a day. And some guys can even run 5 milligrams a day and have good results. But 10 milligrams seems to be the, the, the standard dosage. And usually it comes in 10 milligram per milliliter for, for that reason. So you just take uh, one ml of it and that's yeah. uh, per day. And that's going to be really all, all you need to get results. And if you wanted to take, say, 15 milligrams, you take 1.5 mls. So I'd run it maybe eight weeks, 10 weeks, solo. You could try it solo. And then really like bust your ass in the gym, have a really good diet. You should get some really, really good results on it. And... um that way. Now, if you want to use it in the stack, there's a couple stacks that YK11 is 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 popular with. The first one, Monster, is is Recomp stack. Now, Recomp. What does Recomp mean? Recomposition is one of the most awesome things you can do. And when you Recomp, you're building muscle while you you, you lose fat. And that's one of the hardest things to do in bodybuilding. But SARMs, you know, nice thing about SARMs is you can run SARMs and really, really accomplish a recon. So in this case, you want to run the uh, uh, the Rad 140, the SR, S4, Andarine, and then the YK11. So you run the YK11 about 10 milligrams a day, the S4 about 50 milligrams a day, and then the Rad, you can run it 10 to 20 milligrams a day. <clears throat> and then you want to run them about 8 to 10 weeks. And you'll, you'll be able to recomp. Make sure your diet is on point. Make sure you're exercising daily one hour. You'll have, you'll have really, really good results that way. The second stack is an expensive one, but it's a mega shred stack. And this one is for those of you who want to shred down and really look good. You know, it's like a recomp shred stack kind of like both. And in this case, you're going to use 20 milligrams of GW, 50, mil, 50 milligrams of the S4 Andarine, 10 to 20 milligrams of the RAD, and then the YK11 at 10 milligrams. And this one, <clears throat> it's it's a really expensive stack. It's one of the more, more expensive stacks that you could put together because it's four different compounds. But really, oh my God, you'll be able to shred down and recomp like you, you wouldn't believe on that stack. So it's a really, 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 really good way to, to stack. So yeah, mobster chime in here with your thoughts. Something else, Steve, I mean, mentioned in the article that we're going to add to uh, this podcast guys is another positive. We talk about negatives. We talk about positives, for example, and we think this is because of the DHD derivative of AK11 or YK11 as it's also known, uh, will include, have a positive effect on your libido. Uh, researchers believe this may be due to the uh, increase in both penile sensitivity and libido. So basically, guys, again, like the uh, episode 499, uh, S23, anything that has a close to steroid-like effects will have other effects, both positive and negatives. And some guys, as you know, when you're on anabolics, you're horny. Uh, not everybody, but a lot of you guys it make a big difference to how you feel, uh, whether that's in terms of sexual attraction and how attractive you feel, 
but also how much, to put it crudely, Steve, how much skirt you chase. So uh, in this case, YK11 has a positive effect. In other words, you will feel hornier on drugs. You will feel hornier on YK11. Of course, the negative of that is anything, again, that's more anabolic, more steroid-like, tends to come with more uh, steroid-like side effects. And in the case of YK11, it is going to suppress you guys. So I don't think he's up there with uh, S23, Steve, in terms of suppression, where we would suggest a medium or really, I, I, I'm going to go all out, Steve, and say for S23, you probably want a full PCC. With YK11, you want to run a PCT, and you could probably get away with Steve, in my opinion, with many PCTs. Some some psalms are almost no suppression. I won't say in zero because I've never said that. Uh, anything that has anabolic type effects on the body will potentially have a suppressive effect on the body. Some are very very mild. YK11, as I think, in my opinion, Steve, based on the on the data and the information we got in front of us, a little bit less than S23. So for all intents and purposes. I mean, honestly, guys, sometimes when it comes to drugs, I'm of the opinion you shouldn't cheap out. Run a full PCT. It's a lot easier. It's a lot less aggravation. And you know that you're going to recover and bounce back that much more quickly. With Psalms, that's generally the case. You might not need to run it for as long. You might not need to run those big of a dosages. And something else, guys, and I made a little note of it in my show notes, something that we would like to see more of, especially when it comes to S23 and YK11, is we want you guys, if you do decide to run these products, if you do decide to run these time cycles that we're talking about, get some bloods done. We would like to see more information. Steve's got lots of information. He's seen lots of bloods on steroids and the effect that they can have on the libido, the effect they can have on suppression. But we'd like to see more evidence of the suppression or the degree of suppression in blood tests taken by guys that have done YK11 and, as I say, S23. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, you guys have to try these compounds out to see, you know, how they how they work for you. You know, try them yourself. Um, you come on the forums and look at some of the logs that we have up on YK11 and see some of the benefits that guys have gotten on YK11. And it's it's a newer SARM. So there's not going to be a, a plethora of information out there from guys who have used it. But you have to try these things out if you're interested in them. Um, you can experiment with them. And it's very important you buy any SARM from a reputable approved source. Because yes. if you don't, you're going to basically end up complaining about side effects. And maybe, Mobster, you can chime in on you know, what we've seen on the forums from guys who oh, have yeah. chosen the wrong SARM source. <laughs> guys, we've talked about this, and it was one of Mobster's reds. I'm laughing now, but it's still a mobster's rant. Guys, you know the name of the company. So I'm not going to say it on here. I'd hate to give these assholes a chance to sue me or either, or anybody else. Absolutely not going to happen. Right. A very, very well-known SARM-producing company has a terrible reputation in the industry for spiking their products. They're probably not the only ones doing this, but the particular one that springs to mind have the worst reputation for it. And it, it's kind of like thus. Okay. So this happened with pro hormones back in the day. It happened, it's happened with uh pre-workout type drugs and so on and so forth. I say drug supplements and, and other and other items. Certain times ingredients can be expensive. 
certain times you want to, in a case of, for example, some pre-workout sleep, you want to, and I quote, feel it working. So you end up with ingredients added for in the pre-workouts that give you a tingle. Now, that doesn't necessarily enhance your pump or make you do more weights in the gym or become stronger, but you go, oh, I felt that working, Steve. It was amazing. What do we see with certain SARMs companies? And the one in, the one I'm thinking of is where they seem to be spiked with pro-hormones. And it's like the, they weren't satisfied with the results. They want you to have anabolic steroid-like effects. Listen, guys, it's quite simple. If, for argument's sake, and I'll use myself as an example again, Steve. So my first cycle of drugs for performance enhancing purposes ever was Dynabolt way back in the day. I'm going to say off the top of my head, I think it was 30 milligrams. And I believe on that cycle, I, I think I put on something like 10 pounds. And I think, off the, off, and again, this is going way back from when I was 37 to so 20 or 21 years ago. Uh, I, would, I, I think I kept six pounds. Now, that is a solid start on a relatively low dose using anabolics. If, for example, I was using a mild SARM, I'd expect roughly half that. Uh, so three pounds. You know, get five pounds on, keep three pounds after. Now, that doesn't sound like much. But again, three pounds and then another cycle, three pounds, and then an off cycle gain of two pounds and so on can easily be five, six, seven, eight pounds a year. And when you've been training for as long as I have, it ends up with a ridiculous amount of weight, the same as what I am now. Now, for some guys, that's not enough. And for some SARMs companies, they put pro-hormones in. They put stuff in there to make you feel it's working. Hell, I know, for example, Steve, in the case of a very well-known uh, product back in the day, uh, it doesn't exist anymore, and this is well-known in the industry, so I think I'm safe for saying this, but hot stuff, for example, put in ephrodine. Uh, Ultimate Orange was using ephrodine when it was legal and had to replace it when it became illegal. So that was actually something that they admitted to doing until the, the, the law changed. These are these are kind of and that's that's guys using the law when it backed them up and an ingredient when they was allowed to use it. When companies are spiking fake SARMs or very low dose SARMs with pro hormones, then you're going to have a pro hormone like side effect without knowing that you were taking a pro hormone. And we see this, guys. You shouldn't get on mild SARMs at the correct dose. Gyno, you shouldn't. And yet you can go on our forum, you can go on any forum, but you go on our family of forums and you can look this up and you will see the same name come up repeatedly for a product. And the guy said, I put on a lot of water weight when I should have been, it should have been dry weight. I put on a lot of water weight when it should have just been muscle. I, I, I've, I've got no predisposition for gyno and yet I got gyno like side effects. No one said to me that I was going to have to use this drug to inhibit the gyno while I was using this. And you go, hang on. That shouldn't happen. If you're using the right dose and you've run it how we've advised it and you're taking the supplements and the ancillaries like we've told you to take while you're doing this arm cycle, you follow that advice, you should not be seeing that. You would have, literally have to have bitch tits when you started for them to become worse. You should be massively overweight. You're lean, you're in condition, that shouldn't be happening. Which company's product you use? And the same name comes up repeatedly. Now, I'm guessing, like I've already said, Steve, it's probably not the only one in the industry doing it, which is why we have approved sources on our forums. These are the companies that we trust, but it's the most common name to come up when you see these side effects. And, and, and I mean, let's not, let's not fuck around, Steve. It's, it's If an over-the-counter drug or a pharmaceutical drug prescribed to you by your doctor suddenly started having a side effect that it should never have, that it never had before, 
Can you imagine the litigation involved? Can you imagine the court cases? Can you imagine the, the media, the stuff in the press? I'm thinking of drugs back in the day where that happened and it went absolutely crazy. The compensation out there, it can happen with Psalms. We know it happens with Psalms. And if the litigation was on the same level that it was for, for over-the-counter drugs, pharmaceutically prescribed drugs by doctors, the, the, the litigation would be on the order of millions, if not billions of dollars, guys. So keep that in mind. Use trusted sources. Use approved sources. Go with companies that have a great reputation. If you look a company's name up and this particular company's name comes up again and again and again that there have been issues, avoid. It's as simple as that, Steve. It's it it it's does and it, it's just fucking greed. That's all it is, Steve. It's just fucking greed. It's trying to give someone something that they they wasn't expecting, so so extra muscle tissue that they won't keep that they wasn't ready for that they didn't take the right auxiliaries for. And at the end of the day, they're probably cutting the bloody product anyway. They're not putting the full dose of the actual salmon. And at the bottom line is it's greed. It's cheaper to throw in a little bit of pro hormone than it is to give you a full effective dose. As Steve said, some, for example, YK11 is a good example. They're, they're, they're expensive. They're expensive if they take the right dose. They're expensive because they're difficult to source. It's a lot easier to throw a pro-hormone in there and fuck you and your side effects. Well, so that's how bad it is, Steve. About you. Yeah, and the solution is coming out on our forums and finding a yep. legitimate source. Don't waste your money and don't waste your health for no reason. Great show on YK11. 501. Hope you enjoyed it, Mobster. Take us in the disclaimer. Please note, as always, we are not doctors, and the opinions on this podcast are hours and hours alone. It's our view and based on our experience and views on the topic. A podcast of informational purposes and entertainment only. The freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.